Thank you for tuning in for episode three of the Invite Along podcast. Hello, world. This is Juan. And this is Quentin. We're an international couple traveling around the world for love, work, and the pursuit of wonder. Through this podcast, we invite you to come along with us as we discover places near and far while treading lightly and not breaking the bank. Last week, we left you off in Vienna, Austria, which was the start of our big trip, but a pretty quick one-day pit stop. This week, we're discussing another capital and our first stop in Asia, Bangkok in Thailand. It is an incredibly vibrant city with tons of things to see and do, so we'll do our best to not ramble for three hours. But let's be clear, Bangkok absolutely deserves at least a three-hour ramble. And a little note for our listeners this week, uh, both Juan and I have pretty sore throats, particularly Juan, so we apologize if we are a bit raspy, a bit chain-smokery. Hopefully you're still able to follow what we say. It is not COVID, we checked. Up first, our itinerary. We left Vienna on Tuesday, May 31st, around 11.30pm. Our plane landed in Bangkok the following day, around 2.30pm local time, and we reached our hotel around 5pm. We were staying in Bangkok for six days, from Wednesday, June 1st, through Monday, June 6th. But since we arrived in the afternoon on Wednesday and had not slept in 48 hours, we simply crashed on the bed and slept until the following morning. Yes, of course, I had ambitious plans to hit up a night market that first evening and even set an alarm. But to be honest, when that alarm went off at 7pm, I could not drag myself out of bed. So let's call it in total five days in Bangkok. And then on Monday evening, we took the overnight train from Bangkok to Surat Thani, a more southern province in Thailand, and you'll see why in the next episode. In terms of planning the itinerary for Thailand, I want to give a special shout out to content creators who are based out of Thailand or are seasoned travelers throughout Southeast Asia, and they have been incredibly helpful. From logistic tips like how to hail a taxi to where to visit and eat, these creators have been great. If you're planning to travel to Thailand, I highly recommend checking out Flora and Note, Patty Doyle, Mark Weens, of course, and the roaming cook Gary Butler, and lastly, Kensho Quest. They are all YouTube creators. It's time for our segment Takeoff, where we discuss what we prepared ahead of time and how much it cost us. Regarding the flight, Juan already explained in last week's episode the magical powers of credit card points and how it allowed us to make our way from the US all the way to Thailand for a total out-of-pocket payment of $49.20. We're just repeating it there because it was such an incredible find. In terms of hotels, we booked our full stay at a place called the Trinity Silom Hotel. One thing to note about choosing the hotel is that at a time we started booking hotels in Thailand, the COVID restriction rules mandated that tourists needed to stay at hotels with a certain cleanliness rating, called the SHA Plus and SHA Extra Plus for the first part of their trip. That rating had to do with whether the staff was vaccinated against COVID, what sort of cleanliness guidelines were put in place, that sort of things. So this actually limited our options, but in this way it actually made the search easier. Now it turns out that by the time we got to Thailand, those restrictions did not apply anymore. We ended up spending $25 a night. 
And that's about all we booked, really, in terms of activities we chose things to do on the day or maybe a few days in advance. Now for a segment, In-Flight Entertainment, where we talk about what we actually did, and there is entirely too much to say. We won't go into details too much on every single activity, but there were a few that we were very excited to share with you. Now, we could start with the most obvious ones, the temples. But we think this podcast is a space for us to discuss things that are a little bit more off the beaten path. And that's why the first activity we want to mention is actually just getting around the city. A big part of the fun last week was trying out the different ways to travel around Bangkok. While there's a lot of online resources to tell you to just use taxis and use the Grab app, which is the Southeast Asian version of Uber, we found that taxis do not always work out because it can be hard to find in less touristy areas. Or they might try to scam you by asking for an inflated price and not use the standardized meter. But you know what doesn't do that? Mm, The sweet automatic doors of the SkyTrain. So we use the SkyTrain, aka BTS, and the MRT pretty much every day, which are two main metro networks in Bangkok. Because they're affordable and very frequent, and let me tell you, they are very air-conditioned. As we said before, we love public transportation. I want to start a fan club. And these two networks are doing it right. Stations do not even need to announce when the next train or metro is coming because one is always within the next five minutes away. My only gripe is because they're separate companies, the underground MRT and the above ground BTS require different tickets, which I think prevents them from achieving their full potential as the main spine of transportation in Bangkok. We also spend more time than we thought going to shopping malls, which are absolutely insane in Bangkok. See, Han and I live in the US, usually, uh, where shopping malls are definitely more of a dying breed. But in Bangkok, they are thriving and incredibly fancy. We first saw the Siam Paragon, uh, which is already impressive with its gigantic food court and classy furnishings. But that was before we saw Icon Siam, a behemoth of eight floors with a food court called Suk Siam set up to recreate a street food market with foods from all over Thailand and sort of decked out with all sort of decor that was bursting from every surface. There was even a light and fountain show on the terrace outside, a gorgeous view on the Chao Praia River, which is the, the river that uh, runs through Bangkok. Now, let me tell you that I'm not a shopping mall kind of person normally, but I appreciate that if you're going to have shopping malls, you might as well make them the glitziest, most awe-inspiring you can. Another thing we enjoyed a lot was discovering spaces where the young and hip Bangkokians meet up. So we visited places like Warehouse 31, the Jam Factory, the Jim Thompson Art Center, and these are just examples of creative spaces where you'll find a lot of modern art, great exhibits, great architecture, and shops that are meant more for cool, hip local kids rather than tourists. And I found this to be very inspiring and refreshing. Something I definitely noticed around Bangkok in general was how young the city felt. Maybe that's from us staying near the financial district and there's a lot of commuters all day long, but we were also incredibly lucky to stumble upon an outside jazz concert at the Lupini Park where tons of young people were just hanging out and dancing. And we even caught a glimpse of Bangkok's first ever Pride Parade, which was taking place in the Silom neighborhood. 
Lastly, as a quick rundown, we did get to see many of the hit attractions in Bangkok, including Wat Po, Wat Arun, the Grand Palace, the Bangkokian House, and Chatuchek Weekend Market. Overall, we can see that while tourism is on the rebound, there is not nearly as many people as normal. For many of these major places, we were lucky and it felt like we were the only people there. We also had an awesome experience. <laughs> If you can call this an awesome experience, <laughs> but it felt pretty good. Yeah, I have to say it was very positive. Getting our travel vaccination consultation and shots at the Thai Travel Clinic, which was a fraction of the cost of what was quoted to us in the U.S. Yes, I believe uh, we we did the calculation and we we spent about four thousand seven hundred baht. Uh, for several shots, I think in total seven shots, four for me and three for Juan, and we had counted that this same amount of vaccination at our local clinic in the U.S. would have cost us about two and a half grand. So it's not even comparable. Right, and we did that right during the first full day we had in Bangkok because we knew that some of these vaccinations needed two weeks to take fully into effect. And we wanted to get that done with before hitting up some of the jungle trekking and more dangerous areas where we might be exposed to more mosquitoes and other tropical diseases. Yes, and I actually just check four thousand seven hundred baht is only about a hundred and thirty-five dollars. So we didn't spend two hundred dollars on all that. Wow, that's incredible! Yeah, and we met a robot. Remember that oh, was kind yes. of fun. They had a little. <laughs> that's a, a a little thing. There was a little sort of. A robot that looked a bit like a bin, like a trash can that was moving around to deliver the medication throughout the floor, and it was actually a program to make the same sounds as R two D two in Star Wars. I really like that bit. Yeah. So the Thai medical experience so far has been prompt, clean, modern. Overall, way better than the states. Agreed. Hey, one activity I would like to mention is I went to get a Thai massage. Which I had never done before. Now, if you are unfamiliar with Thai massages, it's a different type of massage to what we use maybe in the West. That's usually a bit more about relaxation. In Thailand, mas massages tend to be a bit more therapeutic. For this Thai massage, in my particular case, I actually went to a place that employs visually impaired people, and that means that the entire space is very dark, very quiet, which I really appreciated. And the that also means that the 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 therapists are really really listening to the sounds you make to you know how your your body is moving as they kind of you know mangle manhandle it uh, in in the best way possible. It is a bit painful. Uh, you have to know that you can leave there a bit sore, but it did great because I actually had lingering back pain for the first couple of days in Bangkok, and after that Thai massage, it felt much better. So I highly recommend it. It is definitely an experience that may be surprising uh, if you're used to the more Western style of massage. But if you go there knowing that you potentially are going to feel some pain, and you're not too squeamish, I think you can have an amazing time. Quentin, you went by yourself, right? It was called Perception Blind Massage. That's correct. Also in the Salem District, really close to our place, uh, and I paid about four hundred and fifty baht. Massage is also a great way for those who may be visually impaired and hard to find employment in other sectors. So this is a socially conscious business. Right. Yes, that's a very good point, uh, and I really appreciated the care they took for their employees. So I felt really in very confident hands. 
And yeah, I highly recommend that experience. Now let's talk about turbulence. The things that did not work out as well as we were hoping for. Now for me, the obvious one was our trek to catch our train on Monday. As we said earlier, we were leaving Bangkok on Monday to catch a train to go to Suratani in the south. Now, our train leaving Bangkok, we had allowed ourselves plenty of time to catch it. We check out of the hotel around 6pm and the train is at 7.30pm and the station is about 3 kilometers away, that's about 2 miles. So very easy, right? But here's the thing. Rainy season started for real as just as we had reached our hotel, which meant that the entire city was now under a massive downpour and the hotel lost power. In the previous days, even though the rainy season had already officially started, we had a bit of a pour but nothing dramatic. But that particular day, it was really, really rainy and everything got soaked with water almost instantly. So we decided to grab a taxi to avoid walking with our packs in the rain, but it's also rush hour. The only taxi we find shakes us for an extortionate price he wanted to ask 500 baht instead of what well, we should have cost maybe 100. And the worst part is that once in a taxi, it simply did not move. Over 10 minutes it moved maybe 300 meters. And after all our time spent looking for a taxi, it's now almost 7 and we've barely made any progress. We're not even out of the Salem district at all. We are really in a bad situation. So we make a last minute decision. We jump out of the taxi and we run with our packs to the nearest metro station. And you know what? It worked out perfectly. We got to the station in barely 10 minutes and we still haven't had time to buy some food and snacks. It was our first taste of quick decision making when things go south and I think we did great. And man, did the rain covers for our backpacks come in handy after all. And to finish on a positive note, this is our segment Flying High where we share our favorite moments of the week. For me, it was probably our cooking class with Sampong Cooking School. The teacher brought us to the market to source ingredients, and she showed us all the different herbs and vegetables in traditional Thai cooking. And there was simply so much to learn. And we did cook some really nice Thai food. I was fangirling all over the use of fresh fruits and veggies that I had never seen before, like pea eggplants, which are actually kind of bitter, and finger ginger one of four gingers used in Thai cuisine. The school started at 9.30 a.m. and we ended up around maybe 2.30 and it was an incredible deal for around 1,600 baht per person. We ended up making a chicken larb salad, a red curry where we actually pounded our own curry paste. That was actually easier than I thought. Tamarind shrimp and mango sticky rice. I was blown away by the experience And I also learned, one day too late, that the smaller the chili, the more spicy. Had I been armed with this knowledge before hitting up Suk Siam, it would have saved me from a world of pain. You should ask Quentin, he was shocked at how much pain I was in, especially since I'm from Sichuan, the chili capital of China. Right, I think the issue is that the the, the chili used in Sichuan has like a very different flavor profile. Like it hurts in a numbing way. And in Thailand, it just hurts. It just, it just kicks your ass. Right. So lesson learned, tiny chilies, absolutely no. On a beautiful note, the name of the cooking school is Sampon, which means a dream. Apparently, it was dreamt by a matriarch of the family. And now it's a whole family affair. Cousins, aunties, everyone's involved. Quentin and I were super inspired, and we would love to have something like this one day, maybe in France. And Quentin, what about for you? What was your highlight of the week? 
Yeah, I mean, the, the cooking school is definitely up there because it was such an incredible um, moment just learning a bit more about Thai culture and it ended up with a delicious lunch so that we cooked ourselves. So what's not to love? But for me, if I have to pick a highlight, it was one of our taxi trips. Now, don't get me wrong, the temples and the museums, they're all amazing, but I'm... You know, you kind of expect them to be, if that makes sense. Uh, I see a museum that's, you know, boasting a, a massive, gigantic, beautiful Buddha, and I go there, and there's a massive, gigantic, beautiful Buddha. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's what I was going for. So for this week, I'm going to nominate a moment that's not as grand, perhaps, but I really enjoyed it. It was a taxi trip. You see, the taxi driver had an iPad set up on the center console, and that was playing random music video clips. Now, one clip started, and a driver started to lose his mind. He turned up the volume, he started repeating, oh yeah, I like I like this one, by, you know, pointing at the iPad, and he started singing along to what was Carl Douglas' greatest hit, Kung Fu Fighting. And we started singing along as well, and it was particularly incredible to me, because the recording actually came from a French show called Le Plus Grand Cabaret du Monde, which my grandma watched religiously. So I knew the show, and it's actually pretty likely that I saw that song being played live on French TV maybe 20 years ago, given the video it was at least 20 years old, and now I was singing along to it with my taxi driver and my wife in Bangkok in the middle of Thailand. The surreal aspect of it and the, um, I don't know, the sort of shared culture moment that we had was just very heartwarming. So that's my highlight for the trip. Another positive note for me this week was actually getting some beauty services done in Bangkok in preparation for this week in Koh Samoy. I'm not someone who typically treats themselves to various services like eyelash extensions or uh, gel nails, but I did splurge and I got them done and I am obsessed with my new lashes. So for folks out there who are not sure and don't really want to splurge in the States for these types of services, you can try them out in Thailand. All right, that's all for this week, guys. Next week, we'll be telling you about our adventures to the paradise island of Koh Samoy and our continued enjoyment of wonderful and warm Thai hospitality. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we would love it if you could subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at Invited Along Podcast. And remember, you can also reach us by email at invitedalong at gmail.com. So long for now. Bye.